We had never spent a day of our entire adult lives in an RV. And here we were now putting 10 very expensive stickers on the side of one, and we didn't know what we were doing. How is your family learning a second language going to change the world? Hola. Hola. Well, on this podcast, we share the stories of families opening a world of possibilities to their kids through learning a language together. We get honest about struggles of not having kids speak back in their second tongue. And we give you the tools as either a native or non-native speaker to help your kids grow over the long haul. By simply being here, we recognize you are a unique parent and it's a privilege to be in your company. So welcome to the Building Bilingual Families podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is episode two of the Building Bilingual Families podcast. I'm your host, along with my co-host, Juan Mendoza. And I just want to put a little plug out there. If you're listening to this in your native language, but you also want to improve your second language learning skills, you can hear the same episode in Spanish. We've produced it in that language as well. And starting next week, we'll be hosting interviews with both native Spanish and English speaking guests. So stay tuned to both be inspired with tools to learn a second language and to get some great practice listening to interviews in your target language. Well, today we wanted to dig a little deeper in the start of the family language exchange, right? Last time we learned, we learned that you were just a mom with a dream of learning Spanish and teaching to your kids. You started to get past your fears and learning and making a lot of progress when you made connections with a native speakers in your community, right? But of course, when the COVID happened, all that you have built came to a halt. What happened next? in your language learning journey? Well, like most families, at the beginning of the pandemic, I felt stuck. And basically, we were in survival mode for several weeks. The whole world felt like it was in limbo. Don't you think so? Yes. When I finally was able to clear my head, my wills began to turn. And I started to think about what if we were to start a program in which families could meet each other online? and they could help language exchange together. We first tested it out with a couple of friends. I made up some curriculum and we actually taught them Spanish and they helped us learn Japanese. <laughs> it wasn't what we were all learning, but my 12 year old daughter was interested. And so it was a start. After we tried it out, I thought I could trial it with more families. So I posted that I was looking for volunteers in some Facebook groups. And I was totally surprised with the interest that came from that. It was like everyone was hungry to do something that helped them feel connected outside of their homes. So quarantine ended up being not a boring time for the Papa <laughs> family. <laughs> it was one of the busiest times of my life. We were interviewing families, we were matching them, writing curriculum, and just learning how to put a whole program together online. It was incredible. But you know, Juan, the thing that was the most incredible part was the families that we started to meet. Mm -hmm. I had thought beforehand that I was alone on this journey. I thought that I was just like this most enthusiastic person about teaching my kids a second language and no one else had that same passion. But 
I ended up meeting a ton of parents who were just like me, super passionate. Some were well into their journey, while others were much like my former self 14 years ago, just trying to dip my toes in the water with my first child and feeling like I was sinking because I didn't have a direction or a guide. These were awesome families from all over the world, one of which was you, right? (laughs) Thank you. It was one of the most exciting times of my life, even though um, for several months, we didn't leave our home to even go grocery shopping. (laughs) Whoa. And what happened next? Well, we finished two sessions of pilots with over 130 families participating. And then we decided to take the show on the road. (laughs) Quite literally, we bought a 30-foot motorhome and decided we would travel cross-country and share the message of the Family Language Exchange. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where did this come from? I know. Well, it was partly for personal reasons. Uh, We hadn't seen our families for over a year, and some of my kids hadn't seen their grandparents for two years. At the time, airline travel seemed not very workable with all the masks and other restrictions. So an RV seemed like the way to go. So you bought this motorhome and then you decide to travel the country needed. Where did you go? Well, the very first stop was actually just right at our local news station in Charlotte. (laughs) They had heard about our program and our plans to do virtual school with our kids on the road. And so they were really intrigued by our efforts and our mission to build bridges in the community. So after we got on the news, (laughs) we headed out west and we saw national parks like Mount Rushmore, Yellowstone and Grand Tetons. And note that we were really new to this RV thing. Like the first couple of weeks, we were still figuring out how everything worked (laughs) with this big house on wheels. And there was honestly a lot of bumps in the road. In fact, you know, Juan, uh, when we got to Wyoming, it was September and it started to snow. (laughs) In September, we weren't prepared at all. So we hadn't even kicked on the heat before in the motorhome. And (laughs) then we found out three mountain passes were closed due to weather. And so we navigated around a whole nother state so we could get into Yellowstone. So it was quite an adventure. And um, when we got there, we embarked on an even bigger adventure, I would say. We put a very large wrap on the side of the motorhome. Okay, well, tell me, tell me about it. Well, this was part of my vision of using the motorhome, calling it the bilingual bus. We wanted a big visual so we could get attention, you know, visiting news stations. We had some outdoor events that were planned. And so we thought the bilingual bus needed to look the part, right? (laughs) Yes. So I called around before we left Charlotte, and I was immediately shocked at how much vinyl wraps cost for the side of um, RVs. In fact, the initial quote was $10,000 to wrap the entire bus. And so... You know, we had just purchased this bus. Um, We were hitting the road in less than a month. And they all told me, too, that the turnaround to get this done was impossible. That being said, I'm a I can do it kind of person. And so (laughs) I thought I had an exact vision of what I wanted. So I worked with a um, online designer to get the wrap done. And then we had it shipped directly to Idaho, where my in-laws lived. Now, after that... 
we watch some YouTube videos because we need a little <laughs> bit of advice on how to put on this very large wrap. <laughs> and um, we went to a bus warehouse that my father-in-law had access to, to put it on. Ultimately, it was so much trial and error. We were putting on 10 sheets of sticker that cost about $2,000 in total. And there was no going back <laughs> if we did something wrong. So it took four days of the three of us working on it. And um, then we had our brand new bilingual bus look. <laughs> Whoa, I, I still can't believe you, you put that crap together yourselves. You have got a lot of determination. We do. <laughs> you know, I think if there's one thing I've taught my kids during this pandemic, it's that if you dream it and if you work hard at it, you can do anything. Now, it doesn't mean that it will be perfect. Um, don't look too close at the wrap. There's plenty of mistakes, but it has shown them that you can make incredible progress just by just by going for it. Yes. Well, that is great. I can see how you have taught your kids much more than a language during this time. So can you tell me more about it, your kids and their experience being part of this buster? <laughs> well, I can actually give credit to Audrey, my oldest, for being the domino that took us um, on taking the plunge with getting an RV. When we first started considering it, I asked her to help us map out a route that we could take going west. And so for two days, she glued herself in front of a computer, tabbed almost every page of this big road trip book that we have. And then when we started second guessing the decision, we <laughs> thought, we can't let her down. She'd already put in so much work and was really excited. So um, that was a big motivation. Our second daughter, she was a little bit more hesitant. <laughs> um, she likes to be more at home and she was having a difficult time with her online schoolwork. So taking it on the road was a little bit intimidating. Um, but we decided to simply homeschool both of our older kids for the year, which relieved a lot of the pressure and they both enjoyed the trip a lot more. You know, we got to visit family, see so many places. It was really a real adventure. Wow. What about your younger kids? Well, I don't think they're going to know what normal life <laughs> is like anymore. We pretty much split our time on the road and at home this past year. And so it's funny how they refer to our motor home as their other house and their other friends, um, referring to the random people who we met on our travels. So in total, how long have you traveled? Well, come this summer, we will have hit close to 40 states in wow. one year. Wow. <laughs> Yep, we've spent four months road tripping thus far, and um, after the summer, it will be five months. So there is more to come. Oh, yes, of course. We have big plans. <laughs> wow. Obviously, the family language exchange and the bilingual bus tour, you know, they're really just the start of a movement that we're creating to help more and more families connect across cultures and in their communities to learn a language we realize there's a huge need to build bridges in our communities to, to really change perspectives and ultimately learn to love our neighbors better. It's a change that we're just starting and we're hoping to fan the flame. So what is next? What kind of 
What can listeners expect to hear in the Building Bilingual Families podcast? That's a great question, Juan. First of all, this is a bilingual podcast. So we encourage our audience to listen to it in both Spanish and English. These first two episodes have been produced in both languages, and we will have an equal number of shows produced in both Spanish and English going forward. So listen to the interviews in your own native language to get the inspiration to learn and grow. Now, you can listen to interviews in your target language, so you can also improve that way. Listening is very powerful, and if you're learning a target language, this is a wonderful way to do it, and we'd love to have you a part of this family language learning journey. You'll find a lot of value in this podcast as we interview other families who are making this journey of bilingual learning together. Each of these families' experiences is unique. They come from countries all over the world, and they'll give you some great ideas and inspiration. We've certainly gained a lot by recording them. Yes, we are so excited to share this with you, our listeners, right? Awesome. So stay tuned with the Building Bilingual Families podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, please hit the subscribe button and feel free to leave us a review. It helps us share the message with more families, and we love your feedback. Nos vemos. Nos vemos. Bye.